you're listening to the Her Power Podcast, brought to you by Chantel and Afia. Oh my god, did you just yawn? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, guys. We all know Chantel is mash up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Esther Week Three. Yeah. 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 I'm excited. I feel kind of sad because we didn't get to do our normal day. So I feel like I really missed out on Bible study last week. So I'm excited to be back. I know. But it's been a um it's been a busy week. I finished my Yes, testify. Testify. God, it's been a lot. I honestly did not think well, there was a point where I was like uh, this thing like have I left it too late am I gonna do it do I have I read enough and all these things but you know it wasn't about me the Lord got me through he actually got me through and it ended strong like I wasn't under oh. pressure towards the end I was ready handed it in and that was that amen just like that yeah so I'm pleased but I'm ready to go back into this new not even go back step forward and now you know being free and you know do the podcast happily with no like <laughs> thoughts of like oh my god like I need to go because I need to do this thing and like there's nothing hanging over my head mm-hmm. um but yeah one exam to go and then that's it amen um, I can't wait I'm excited for you this is so crazy time has flown I know right how's your week been and your day um it's been good it's been pretty long you know clearly I'm tired but um (laughs) no it's it's actually been good it was quite hot today did you feel the heat today it was warm but I'm not complaining I'm not complaining no not at all I enjoyed the sun went for a little stroll it was good beautiful living it up in lockdown (sighs) We are on, yeah, Esther 3 today, but of course, before we start, um, just going to get into some prayer, and it's my week. It's your week to lead prayer and to read. Thank you. Yeah. Kick back. (laughs) Honestly, right. Let's go. Father God, thank you for another day. Thank you for another opportunity to touch lives through our podcast. Thank you for even allowing us to be um, your vessels and bringing this word to people via this format. Um, We hope it's touching lives for people that potentially um, felt lonely on their walk and now have someone and people that they can study with. We pray for anyone that was not really understanding bits of the word that they're now able to through our podcast. We pray that today, as we explore Esther 3, we can um, come across revelation, we can learn more (coughs) about growing Christian people. um, And we just pray that, you know, we, we pray for wisdom and understanding. And we pray that you provide us with the knowledge to understand the word and be able to put it in our practical, put it, practically into our lives amen amen so week three no not week three esther three um Mm -hmm. mine it says haman's plot against the jews yeah same 
Beautiful. Right. It's only a short one, so I'm just gonna go straight into it. Then we can spend our time dissecting it. Um so this one says Sometime later, King Erxus promoted Haman, son of Hamidathar, the Hagag Agag <laughs> the <laughs> over all the other nobles, making him the most powerful official in the empire. All the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by. So for the king had commanded, but Mordecai refused to bow down or show him respect. Then the palace officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, why are you disobeying the king's command? They spoke to him day after day, but still he refused to comply with the order. (laughs) So they spoke to Haman about this to see if he would tolerate Mordecai's conduct, since Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not bow down or show him respect, he was filled with rage. He had learned of Mordecai's nationality, so he decided it was not enough to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire of Erxus. So, in the month of April, during the 12th year of King Erxus's reign, lots were cast in Haman's presence. The lots were called Purim, to decide the best day and month to take action. And the day selected was March 7th, nearly a year later. Then Haman approached King Erxus and said, there is a certain race of people scattered through all the provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people and they refuse to obey the laws of the king. So it is not in the king's interest to let them live. If it please the king, issue a decree that they be destroyed and I will give 10,000 large sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited in the royal treasury. The king agreed, confirming his decision by removing his signet ring from his finger and giving it to Haman, son of Hamudafar, the Agagites, the enemy of the Jews. The king said, the money and the people are both yours to do with as you see fit. So on April 17th, the king's secretaries were summoned and a decree was written exactly as Haman dictated. <clears throat> Sorry, something was in my throat. Um, it was sent to the king's highest officers, the governors of the respective provinces, and the nobles of each province in their own scripts and languages. The decree was written in the name of King Axis and sealed with the king's signet ring. Dispatches were sent by swift messages, messengers into all the provinces of the empire, given the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered and annihilated on a single day. Gosh. Um, this was due to this was scheduled to happen on March the seventh of the next year. The property of the Jews would be given to those who killed them. A copy of this degree decree <laughs> was to be issued as law in every province <laughs> and proclaimed to all peoples, so that they would have so that they would be ready to do their duty on the appointed day. At the king's command, the decree went out by swift messengers and it was also proclaimed in the fortress of Susa. Then the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa fell into confusion. Hmm. That's the end. Quite a... Violent. Yeah. Chapter. (laughs) You can call it that. I'm done. Um, Can you summarise, sorry, because I kind of got a bit lost. Why has um, Haman gone, like, decided to 
put forward this order. Yeah. Like, I get Mordecai didn't, like, but it was just Mordecai that didn't want to bow to him. So, like, why is now everyone getting slaughtered? I'm confused. And also, wasn't, um, but Haman is a Jew. Wait, or Mordecai. No, Mordecai is the Jew. And he's not bowing because he's a Jew or because Haman's a Jew. No, I think he's not bound because Haman is against the Jews. Right. So then is Mordecai going to get killed? Because Mordecai's a Jew. Yeah, because Haman's is going to destroy means the Jews. Gonna get, Esther's going to get chopped. But they don't know Esther's a Jew because Mordecai told her not to talk about where she comes from. Oh, yeah. Well, then that's, what, that's a cheek. Well, obviously they don't know, but, I mean, Mordecai's going to get killed. Oh no! But to confirm, it's because Mordecai wouldn't bow to him. He's now gonna kill off everybody. Imagine all the Jews. Huh? What is with it's a bit... men it's... in the Bible <laughs> just making these big decisions so like, out of nowhere? It's, yeah, like in this book, like these men with the authority, they just mash wow. them up. No way. I'm really looking over it, like, because it happens so quickly in the space of, like, from verse 3 to 6, we just go literally from 0 to 100. Crazy. <sighs> um, should we pause here and look at our commentary? Um, sure. Okay, right, let's get into what this thing is saying. Okay, so the summary is that, like, so far we've got Haman, who is now trying to kill because Mordecai was um wasn't obeying him by because he was he didn't want to bow down right yeah so this devotional says who will you obey it says Mordecai was an example of true loyalty and faithfulness to God he refused to mm. bow down to anything other than God in spite of the grave consequences um and it says Romans six talks about whatever we yield the bodies of our oh definitely doesn't say that. It says, whatever we yield the members of our bodies to become our master. Oh, that's deep, you know. That is What's so... that, Romans? Romans 6. Wow. That is so that is very good. I'm done. This thing says, Mordecai certainly wasn't about that life. He physically and spiritually <laughs> yielded his body to God. He obeyed the commandment of the King of Kings. Thou shalt not bow down to any other god or idol damn that is a that the thing that says whatever you yield the body to becomes your master is so so deep are you yes, doing it's so it's so true as well literally it's almost like whatever you invest in or whatever you kind of let um navigate you kind of just becomes what you follow crazy yeah it reminds me of um that verse about like um filling your body with light Mm. I think you know what I'm talking about Matthew like it's just so crazy how like the bible says that for a reason because it's literally like if we keep looking at darkness or looking at bad things like that's what's going to manifest in our lives literally like whatever you set your eyes on is like what you're gonna what is gonna be of your life yeah literally god yeah I think that is so important for people to realize and it's also mad because it's kind of like not even saying that oh whatever you allow to kind of come into your life it's kind of like no it is saying that it's what you allow it's not like something else um came over you it's like it's whatever we yield so it's kind of 
making sure people like accept and realize that it's us that are in control of everything yeah it's really putting the responsibility in our hands definitely yeah and it's so crazy because it's we were literally just talking today about that kind of like wanting like background tv shows to watch and things like that but it's just like the responsibilities in our hands down to the smallest things to us like what we decide to watch like it's all an investment of our time yeah because yeah it's whatever it is literally whatever you do with your time whatever you see whatever you consume whatever you everything is what will end up um taking hold over you literally wow but in the moment sometimes things can seem so minor it can just feel like right I'm gonna do this now Hmm. and it's not gonna affect me like ever again do you know what I mean but wow if you deep how it says like members of your body like these things become so familiar with you that they're just like a member like part of you almost wow and how familiar we can become with all these like little things that we don't think end up will will end up ruling our lives keep your eyes fixed on jesus because wow basically a lot i think it's also like amazing mordecai's um loyalty and i guess faithfulness because i was reading somewhere else also about like people in the old testament they had yet to meet Jesus. Like, they didn't know Jesus. We have the full Bible. So I Mm. feel like once you've read through the full Bible, at least the New Testament, it makes it easier for us to, like, follow. But he literally had the Ten Commandments and he was so committed to them alone. Mm. That's so true. Gosh. Yeah, he's very... um, He's loyal, definitely, without having much to base his loyalty on. And I think that... If, like obviously you said that we're lucky to know who Jesus is and all that he's done but it's like regardless like faith is about like having like trust in the things that are unseen and all these types of things and he literally had faith and trust in something that he didn't know much about so good just to reference again that reminds me of Hebrews 11 where it says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for for the conviction mm. of things not seen mm. He had faith, boy. That's so good. I love it. So good. This um, next bit says, oh, this is cute, actually. It says, God is a jealous God, and he does not share or give his glory to another. Mordecai, being a Jew, was well aware that God had commanded his people not to bow down before anything in Exodus, and we will see how God honours his obedience later on in the book of Esther. Hmm. I think that's good. Because it's kind of a thing that even um even today, like the verse of the day was talking about how um like being disciplined in something is so difficult, but staying in it, um later on you'll reap the harvest. And it's kind of like in all these books that we've even read, like we're on the second one now. But anytime someone is like committed to God above anything, and living as if they are and like fully believing in it, there's always something good that comes out of it from god later on always never he never doesn't he will not not see you doing good things amen always yeah it's just about patience wow and even like what you just did there even like open my eyes up to i guess our perspective because i feel like initially when we read this we were seeking like 
a change in the king. We were seeking to find something with the like main characters. Mm-hmm. So the way it's kind of zoomed in on Mordecai, it almost felt disappointing because it was like, who is Mordecai for this big chapter to be on him? So but that's not how God sees it. God sees his obedience and that is like big for God. That's why he's really trying to maybe push that to the forefront for us because it's even the small characters like, God's not looking at our position, whether or not you're a king or you're a servant. He's looking at our heart, our obedience. That is so true, yeah. So true, actually, what you said about um, Mordecai. Like, it's almost like we were literally not thinking of him. And I think we shouldn't now, just because it says Esther, and this is the book of Esther, we should, like, Mm -hmm. not underestimate the power of all the other characters in the book. Yeah. This is kind of becoming his story. And he seems to be a good yeah. guy. The last um, just says, don't forget those that have helped you. Um, King Xerxes seemed to have forgotten that it was Mordecai who, help, who helped spare his life on the men that were put in to kill him in chapter two. He allowed mm. his knowledge of Mordecai's Jewish background to cloud any moral judgment. Sometimes we do this too. We allow our prejudices and stereotypes against a group of people to cloud our judgment of an individual just because they fall into a predefined category. Let us make a conscious effort not to do so because when we do, we are ignorant, just like King Xerxes was. Yeah, that is true. I kind of forgot that. Just that. But Xerxes has been a problem <laughs> from chapter one. Wow, yeah. But then I feel like it even shows, like, when you follow someone else, like, he's now following his new friend um, and following what he wants when if the king actually maybe sat down and made a decision for himself he would remember mm-hmm. what Mordecai did for him because they've got their own personal relationship but he's like completely just forgotten about that and just going with what like the person that he f- favors once yeah that is true I feel like pff, would he even think though he seems quite he's been selfish from the beginning let me see this is the second time he's done this because choosing the girls wasn't his idea either. And now wiping out a whole race, he's just literally just letting other people do his role. Yeah, he actually has no, like, backbone. He kind of just lets everyone (laughs) do things around him. But I feel like that kind of is so symbolic of a lot. Well, not a lot, but, like, some leaders were, like you assume that all the authority and power comes from them, but they're kind of just actually following the instruction of others that actually don't know what they're doing. Yeah, because there's always, like, a team. Everyone's got a team, basically, everyone in power. Mm-hmm. Crazy, because you think that the team is just there to assist, but a lot of people are, like, the king. Yeah, this um bit was also... It kind of brought up the Romans um 6 uh, verse, where it says... Do not let your any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself complete to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And it's like mm. something as like, well, something as minor as bowing. Obviously, it's not minor, but like, I mean, you could use your body to like kill or do different stuff. But like something like bowing, like it's so... Like it's just quite interesting how um how much of a violation it would have been if he bowed. So it kind of makes me think like imagine all the other stuff that people are doing in the world. Like God wasn't happy about someone bowing. Like it's the thought of somebody bowing against him, let alone yeah. any other madness that people could be using their body for. Wow. 
it's mad listen it makes you think even like what you put into your body like you were talking about salad earlier like eat that salad like that body <laughs> like everything that goes into it needs to be goodness like that is your body from god <laughs> wow so true really makes you want to be more mindful all the time yeah like, like, like it's even sorry go on no you can go <laughs> <laughs> no i was just gonna say it's even inspiring like um that he actually acts it out because I feel like sometimes I can be in a situation where I know that like what people are doing or what I'm being encouraged to do is wrong but then I might not have the confidence to be bold enough to be like I'm not doing this because this is my faith that's a good point yeah so I just love his boldness to actually stand with his faith and not be ashamed Mm-hmm. and I think it's so nice when you can kind of see a very deliberate message from this like this is literally saying do not let any part of your body become an <laughs> instrument of evil to serve sin full stop like he's not beating like it's very direct mm-hmm. and I feel like sometimes we need that and now again like once from doing Bible study, I always feel like especially coming across bits like this you just you're more mindful on your day to day like whatever's happening you just think <laughs> okay do you know what as this thing said we were once dead and now we have new life this body isn't even mine it belongs to god and it just makes you your mind think like that more and then it's keeps you out of trouble man (laughs) definitely yes no for and i just the stress the fact that we were once dead and it's like now that we are alive we can't be acting like we're dead because when we were dead and we were doing these things we didn't actually know but it's like the more mm-hmm. you even read God's word and we see these situations and we learn, it's like, how can we pretend that we don't know what's right now? Like, we'll just be lying to ourselves if we don't act right. Exactly. And again, all right acts, good acts, always, always are for a good reason and end up being rewarded afterwards. And I think yeah. you kind of just... Oh, every week, honestly, the revelation and like the importance, and it's like sometimes I think all this time, like not really knowing what was in the Bible, like you're missing out on so much. Yeah, simple instruction, you know, like there for you, ready, black and white. Yes, and examples if you didn't want to take the instructions. Do you know what I mean? And watch, like, in, I'm sure. Well, there's 10 chapters in Esther, but we're on three. And soon we're going to find out that these small things that Mordecai made sure he done. And what, I, I may even, listen, he may even end up being the king. Let's just see. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, honestly, this book is meant to be yeah. about favour, so. Mm-hmm. And it says, yeah, in a couple of chapters, we're going to find out how Mordecai was rewarded for his righteousness. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Esther Free. I don't know, do you have anything else to point um, out? So I was reading this Matthew Henry commentary. Um, I think this man oh. wrote it in, like, the 18th century. Um, he's a little fun fact about him. Basically, when he was younger, his dad made him learn Psalm 119, which has, I believe, like, over 100 verses. It's the longest psalm. It's the longest chapter um, like, yeah, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and he had to learn a verse every single day. So, from a from his youth, so he's very 
well like read in the bible essentially so he's a proper scholar so his work is really 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 meaty um (laughs) emphasis on the meat yeah it can like you need to be ready to digest it it's even hard to digest i'm not gonna lie but when i did try like there's literally no spaces there's no paragraphs um (laughs) you don't make it friendly on the eye (laughs) let's just say that but um i did take some from it and one thing that i noticed um that i think he brought up was that there's in this book so far we've seen a lot of terrible consequences for standing up for yourself or saying no so we see that with queen vashti um like when she said no she basically got banished mordecai saying no now his race is being threatened to be killed like a whole amount of people like gonna get finished yeah it's mad yeah and i just think that is so yeah i think that's so crazy but then it's like if you say yes to the king like esther essentially there's just so much favor mm. um but then i just like mordecai's obedience in it anyway despite this because i feel like anyone that's around the king knows that he's got a bit of a temper in that sense um yeah. and knows like his short temper in the sense that if you, you don't want to be on the wrong side of him like i feel like that must be the feeling living with him or being around mm. him um but yeah it yeah. just uh, i'm definitely oh sorry yeah, go. <laughs> with the whole um the fact that there's a theme of like when people say no to something yeah. um it kind of gets the response tends to be like madness but i kind of think that sometimes it's kind of a lesson that sometimes like i mean the most what's the word the most a comfortable sort of safe option for them would have both been to say yes but nothing would have changed but sometimes you have to come out of that sort of comfort safe zone and stand up for the what you truly believe in and unfortunately it may end like immediately the response may not be great but I think later on which I'm hoping we're going to see later um goodness comes from that yeah for sure I definitely agree with that I do, I, I do think goodness is going to come from that because that be, it would be too harsh because, as I said, like Mordecai really did look out for the king and save his life, essentially, or save someone from exactly. killing him or plotting to kill him. So mm-hmm. something's got to come out of that. Um, and, yeah, I was also going to talk about um, Mordecai's obedience is seen as disobedience, but there's still so much weight on it. And I was just thinking of Ruth as well like her obedience had so much weight on it too because that had like the ancestry Uh, line of well Jesus essentially and so her obedience is so important and now his disobedience carries so much weight but it's just like either way you go whether you choose to be obedient or disobedient I feel like God has just shown us that there's gonna be major consequences yeah and either way though it's kind of like okay it was disobedient to them but that's just yeah. man like essentially we only care about the judgment of god wow yeah that's so good but then that is so scary to be in mordecai's shoes because it's like although in his heart he knows he's being obedient to god the weight of his disobedience to man is that they're gonna wipe out his uh. whole race so it can feel like is it worth it because you can be obedient to god but then everyone hate you because they don't know god's plan for you yeah but then i think that is literally just a 
for sort of like a symbol for like what a potential a lot of people who have faith um in a religion face on a day-to-day basis like a lot of people that wouldn't understand or you know to like the normal person the way you act may be absurd but essentially like you should know what's in your heart and that you're always doing things for a bigger purpose Mm. wow it really is that's so inspiring and it it just reminds me of jesus as well Mm -hmm. the world ended up hating him but he had to keep going wow so good um yeah and then the last point that i had was about what does the king see in haman like why would you appoint someone like that that is so erratic i guess i don't even know what the word is to describe haman so far like Mm, what did he why did he pick him in the first place again i don't know I can't even remember. I think it was just like a close. I can't remember. It says it here actually. He promoted Haman, son of Hamadetha, the Agagite, over all the nobles. Yeah, that's it really. <laughs> he just promoted this guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's true. Because he had to have known his character. This is obviously, this cannot be like a surprise to him. Listen, the way Urtzis moves, like, he's just erratic. Like, I don't even think much thought was put into it. Yeah, I mean, it made me wonder, like, does he see himself? Because is this not the same kind of, like, hot-tempered reaction that he had for Queen Vashti? Yeah. And I guess it kind of goes back to the point of what you said earlier about what we kind of fix our eyes on. That's what, like, what we yield ourselves to. That's almost what manifests. And because that's how the king is Mm -hmm. acting, that's how his officials are going to act because that's the type of people that he's going to appoint. So it's like, I feel like sometimes when you can be in a team or when you're trying to organise something and it's all just kind of going wrong, it's good to step back and look at yourself and be like, am I the one that's even forcing this energy throughout? Yeah, that's true. Damn. Yeah, Yeah, that is good. That is all. Very good as well. What are you going to practically do based on Esther 3? Hmm. Uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is to be more confident in standing firm in my faith. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't really get particularly tested, like, which is a blessing, but I feel like now saying mm-hmm. it, God may just come and throw some test at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so see if you're going to be on it or not. <laughs> yeah, but I think when the opportunity comes through, just being, like, confident to say no or yes, whatever it may be in the situation, um, but just be confident mm-hmm. and not be ashamed to be like, this is because I believe in this. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think I'm going to be more cautious about the things that I do with my body. That sounds weird, (laughs) but (laughs) not that I'm not, but just, like, be more mindful of it. Because, yeah, that scripture was deep. You know, you shouldn't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin and it's like why would I want to serve sin 
does that even sound some, like something nice? Honestly. I, I don't want to do that at all. Imagine. Like, that is sad, that actually. It kind of just makes you think, like, how... Um, I know it kind of sounds a bit childish, but, like, how sad you're making God by doing these things. Like, the fact that he's, like, you doing this is as, almost like, as if you're serving sin. Yeah. Like, when he just wants you to serve wow. him. But as it said, God is a selfish God. And it's like, I don't want to make this my guy sad. Like, he's actually my big friend. So when I do these, like, little things, like, you know, in the time, you're just like, mm, yeah, like, okay, cool. But you're making him sad. Like, and I obviously, like, I've always known about the whole bodies of temple and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know, this one kind of stands out more because it's so direct. Yes. So it's just like, oh, when you do these things, mate you're making your big creator sad and it's not nice wow. um so i think i'm gonna be more mindful of that um and also try and encourage other people to be more mindful of that as well yeah so true i think we all need it that's so good it reminds me yeah. a bit of um colossians 3 um verse 12 but it's the um, mm-hmm. passions translation version, and it talks about like um, we are always and dearly loved by God, so we should robe ourselves in the virtues of God, um, since we have been divinely chosen to be holy. And that part where it says mm-hmm. that we've been divinely chosen to be holy is like God is choose like God is choosing us to live like a holy lifestyle that represents him that glorifies him like he's actually called us to do this it's not even just a thing like oh you should do this because it's good for you like literally it's all part of our calling that we treat our bodies Mm. with respect and use it to glorify him yeah that's so good wow yeah wow Wow. love that wow that's great Thank you. What was that, Colossians 3? Yeah, Something. verse 12, but the TPT version. Ah. Perfect. I'm going to have a look at that in my spare time. Awesome. Thank you. Well, this has been lovely, as usual. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's been fun. I've enjoyed this chapter. I feel like having a new perspective, this new perspective that God has blessed us with has made it more fun. Yeah. Definitely. I think we needed this shift mm-hmm. and we needed someone that was like on our wave. Everyone else is moving crazy. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Nice, no, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, that was Esther 3 and we will see you next week. Amazing. Bye. Bye.